morning, guys. Please be seated. Today's first scripture comes from Genesis 32, verses 22 through 31. Jacob wrestles at Peniel. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The word of God for the people of God. Would you join me, please, in an attitude of prayer? Most gracious God, we praise your name and we give you thanks. Your steadfast love endures to all generations. All peoples are blessed by your love and mercy. As we gather together to worship you this morning, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding and speak to us to calm our minds so we can concentrate on your love and mercy. As we break the bread and drink the cup, give us grace to go forth in the world as authentic followers of your Son, who we remember today. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Well, I told the other, uh, I, I told the uh, earlier service, you know, you just never know what to expect. And a lot of times we make plans and we think our plans are what's going to happen, right? But so, so I had a great example just the other day for this. Two of our grandsons came to visit yesterday, our son and his wife and, and uh, their two boys. And they are two and four. So Friday evening... Rebecca was out back setting up stuff for the kids to play with when they got here yesterday, right? Normal stuff. And we got one of these little <clears throat> little munchkin swimming pools that's probably, what, three, maybe three and a half feet across, whatever, you know, that you just throw out there and, and uh, fill up with water. And one of those uh, turtle sandboxes. Everybody's got a turtle sandbox, right? So anyway, we we have a turtle sandbox, certainly. So anyway, we're setting all that up. And 
I guess it was around 6, 6.30, I walked out back and I said, Rebecca, you got to come see this. The house behind us had one of those inflatable swimming pool water slide thingies. <laughs> Came, I mean, just it sort of just grew up there in the backyard. And, and, and the thing about it is, is I've, Rebecca and I have had this conversation before. We think the people that live there another house. Maybe they work out of town part of the time or something. Because about 90% of the time, I mean, it's like a, an empty house over there. There's no activity. There's nothing, right? So the one time so far this year, our grandsons come to visit us. You know, there's this... You know, and how do you compete with a deal like that, right? You know, you got you got you got the little swimming pool and the turtle sand sandbox, and uh, and a couple of water guns, right? And then all of a sudden, there's this thing. Anyway, we just never know what's going to happen. And in our and on our scripture reading today, too, the people there and the disciples didn't know what was going to happen either, and. Uh, they got a surprise. So I am reading out of the gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter, starting at verse 13 through verse 21. Consider the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful and loving God, God who causes us to lay down in green pasture, God who removes our needs, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, what did Jesus hear? It starts out there at verse 13. When Jesus heard this, 
he departed. He got in a boat to head off to a lonely place by himself. He had just heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, right? That's what he had just heard. Now think about that. This is, this is his cousin, you know, John's, John's Jesus' cousin. He's also his spiritual mentor. If you read in the first of the Gospels, in, in Mark particularly, in a couple of places, Jesus says exactly what John said. You know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, uh, can you imagine how he felt? Can you imagine how he felt? Moreover, it would, it would be an indication that his life might be in danger as well, right? If Herod had uh, killed John, well, what's going to stop him with that? You know, what's going to stop him with that? So, understandably, Jesus needs a little downtime and time to himself, right? He needs to think about a lot of things. And I'm sure one of the things he's thinking is, is John just gave all he had, right? He gave all he had for the kingdom of heaven and God's purposes. So Jesus takes off, heads out across the Sea of Galilee in a boat, and the crowds... I guess uh, maybe maybe he went to particular places by habit, but in any case, they headed over there, and they were there when he got there. But look at what he does. Look at what he does. You know, Susan read Susan read there in chapter thirty-two of Genesis about Jacob wrestling with God, and he named the place the face of God. The face of God, Peniel. That's what that's what that means, and uh, because he said he had seen God, he had struggled with God. But here, we really do see the face of God, right? Jesus looks at the crowds, and he could have just as easily gotten back in the boat and headed back out to sea, right? to spend time by himself. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He said he had compassion on the people and he healed their sick. He healed their sick. Uh, if, if you've lost something in your life, maybe a loved one, maybe a job, uh, I don't know, maybe your favorite marble. Uh, and, uh, and, you're, and you're sad about it, right? Jesus is showing us here. He's, he's teaching us a very, very important lesson. The best way to get over that is to do something for somebody else. It's to do something for somebody else. Get out of yourself. Get out of yourself. My eighth grade teacher that used to write things up on the bulletin board had one that she wrote one day that I have never forgotten. It says, obviously, right? Because I'm going to say it. And, uh, and, and, and the, the folks that were here in the earlier service have already heard me say it today. Uh, you know, 
A person wrapped up in themselves makes a very small package. Right? A person wrapped up in themselves makes a very small package. And Jesus was showing that. You know? and, I noticed, and, and I thought about something when we were singing the closing hymn in the earlier service that I really hadn't thought about before. And you all will see the lyric when we get to it. But Jesus was grieving for John, right? He was grieving for John, among other things, among the other thoughts he had. Uh, but he wouldn't, he, 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 that didn't stop him, right? If you remember, there's a, there's a place in Luke, I believe, where of... You know, somebody's going to follow him, and he says, but first I've got to go bury somebody. Somebody had died, right? And Jesus said, what? Let the dead bury the dead. And I, I was thinking about that when we were singing the closing hymn. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't get caught up with grief for John. He healed people. He healed people. Uh, and he healed people all day long. And again, that's another thing we are called to do. We are the body of Christ here on earth. We are called to heal people. And that's not necessarily a physical healing per se. We have the ability to heal people's minds and their souls, you see. And when things are okay on the inside, they're okay on the outside too. Of the 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 most of diseased diseased the most diseased among us are the ones that are hung up caught up on their problems and their selves and what's going on and again Jesus had a real good opportunity I mean he he he's out there and uh, again. Uh, John was a very big influence factor in Jesus' life and ministry. And Jesus just got the news. He's gone. Uh, you know. But he goes out and takes compassion on people. And that's the face of God, right? That's the face of God. God takes compassion on us and sees us. Now, Matthew, Matthew, probably more than any of the other gospel writers, when you read Matthew, it looks like he's trying to make Jesus look like a new Moses, okay? And just, uh, just a, a few thoughts about that. Uh, here they are out in a deserted place. There's no place uh, to eat, and Jesus is going to feed the people, right? That's what God did in Exodus chapter 16 when manna started coming down from heaven, right? When manna started coming down from heaven, and then later, Exodus chapter 16, when all the quail come in, right? Y'all remember that? God said there's going to be so much quail, it's going to be running out your nose, right? It's 
It, 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 it does, Susan. It does. It does. It says it's going to be coming out your nostrils is what, it's, is what it says. Fact check, mate. Get your, you, know, you can get your Bibles and look it up. Exodus chapter 16. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, that's where it is. So uh, now the disciples, right, like us, like, like us, uh, us and contemporary disciples of Jesus, right, they think, wow, we got to get rid of all these people, right? And they could have, and, 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 and they, and they could have really had those thoughts out of compassion. They weren't necessarily selfish thoughts. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They're thinking it's late in the day. Look at that. Jesus healed people till after supper. Is what it says basically. Of so it's late in the day, and the disciples are probably thinking, you know, these folks need to get home before it's dark because. You know, in those days when it was dark, it was dark. They, I mean, I mean, really, I'm, they, they, they didn't have flashlights. They didn't have uh, street lamps. They didn't, uh, they didn't have the, when it, when it was dark, uh, uh, it was, it was dark. So, you know, the disciples said, uh, they need to go and get something to eat. And what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? They don't need to leave. You give them something to eat. He had been training these guys. These guys had been walking around behind him, watching what he did, listening to him, seeing him heal people, and the other and 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 the and seeing the love that he showed to other people, and all that. And he's saying, "Take care of them, right? Take care of them. You have the ability to do that. They don't need to leave. They don't need to leave." And then they say, well, well, all we have are these uh, five loaves and two fish. And they brought them to Jesus, right? They brought them to Jesus. And he did what? Again, have, 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 have you all ever noticed this? He has the crowds sit down. The good shepherd, right? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He has people sit down, and then he takes what they bring him, you know? And that's the thing for all of us. If all of us would give all we have to the Lord, then everything's taken care of. The Lord takes that and multiplies it. But anyway, he takes the bread, it says. It says he takes the bread, and he blessed it. And we don't know, but I think this is how he, I think he blessed it similar to the words I'm going to say. Of course, I'm not going to say them in Aramaic. Uh, I think Jesus said, blessed are thou, Jehovah, our God, who brings forth bread from the earth. left out a phrase, Jehovah our God, King of the universe, brings forth bread from the earth. And then he broke it up, gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the crowds. 
to the crowds. So there were 5,000 men there, plus women and children. So I think conservatively, we can safely say there were probably about 10,000 people there. And they were all satisfied, right? They were all satisfied. Of course, if you think about it, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Jesus, who made everything we see, was that in the first part of Colossians, right? Everything we see, God made through Jesus, okay? If everything we see was made through Jesus, it's no big deal for him to whip up supper, right? You know, uh, break up a little bread and uh, uh, cut up a few, tear up a few fish and, uh, and feed a bunch of people. But see, that's the pattern for us. Jesus gives it to us, and we're supposed to give it to the crowds, give it to the world out there. God sent Jesus so we could see God's face as Jacob had. And then Jesus sends us so that the rest of the world can see God's face. So that they too will know they don't need anything but God's love and mercy. So this morning as you come to the table, as we remember Jesus, as we remember Jesus who gave all he had, I want you to think about the miracle of Jesus feeding all of those people there by the sea in Galilee on that day. And the thing I want us to take away to remember that it's a wonderful thing that that miracle happened. But what we all need to realize and remember is that miracles still happen when we give Jesus all we have and do what he tells us to do. Amen.